This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. We have coaching movement to discuss both on the defensive staff and with some, some of the stuff we know in terms of interviews and candidates uh, with the offensive coordinator search. Um, so we have plenty to dive into with that. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's jump into that. Uh, here on the front end. And this was old news. Gabby, I, I already put out an instant reaction podcast regarding the defensive coordinator hire of Lance Guidry from uh, from Marshall was technically hired at Tulane uh, to be their defensive coordinator. I shared my thoughts. Gabby, uh, I want your thoughts on this platform now. You've had some time to marinate on it. Um, what are your thoughts on Lance Guidry being the the guy at DC. I think when I first heard the news, I mean, probably like a lot of people, I was kind of just like, okay, uh, who is this guy? Uh, didn't have a lot of, you know, I I didn't really know how to react just because I didn't really know who who he was, what his resume looked like, all those different types of things. But kind of diving into it, um, again, in a small sample size, as the defensive coordinator, I think did a really good job. Uh, with that thundering her defense, uh, you know, flipped on the the Notre Dame tape, like I'm sure many Miami fans did. And I, I think you see in a, def- a defense that's definitely aggressive. I mean, he likes to send, you know, definitely send pressure. I think Miami's defensive backs need to be ready to play because it seems like they kind of play a lot of man on the outside and kind of just like, again, when you kind of play that over, that aggressive style, um, you know, I think you got to have some dudes in the secondary uh, so, you know, I, I do think that it's a, you know, it's an interesting, you know, a fit for Mario Cristobal. I, I, I'm a fan of just kind of getting after it. You know, again, I think it's about creating havoc, making things difficult, uh, you know, so I, I think Lance Goodry is a, is, is a fun hire. I think, I think it could be good. You know, it's, it might not be the, the sexy name that maybe, uh, you know, people were hoping for or anything like that. Definitely wasn't on any short lists or hot boards or anything like that, but, uh, Look, I, I think one, uh, I, I think they just needed to find a guy who they felt could run a stable defense. I think uh, the fact that there's some familiarity uh, with some other members of the staff, I think the Louisiana ties are big, uh, you know, just kind of, again, that's a really, that's a talent rich area that Miami likes to recruit. Uh, so for the, for a lot of reasons, I understand that, that this makes sense. And, uh, you know, again, I, I think that, you know, Lance Goodry is, is going to come in here and kind of, you know, I think maybe give Miami maybe a new life, you know, on that defensive side. And, you know, again, just kind of just instilled an aggressive style. I, I think the personnel uh, is, is going to be interesting. I think it's going to challenge maybe the linebackers even a little bit more. Uh, but I do think with Miami's front, uh, you know, that that front defensive, you know, the defensive line and the way that they kind of get after it, 
Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch those guys just kind of, you know, let loose, get after the quarterback and, and get into the backfield. But, uh, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm optimistic about the hire and again, college feedback that I'm getting just kind of, you know, kind of coaches that have been familiar with him or just kind of like, you know, in the industry, uh, definitely respect the type of defense that he runs and definitely respect him as a coach. So, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to lean on those guys. I'm not the, I'm not a X's and O master mastermind by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, kind of leaning on those people that, you know, I know and talk to, it seems like a, uh, you know, definitely reason to be optimistic again about what uh, Lance Goodry is going to bring to that Miami defense. Yeah. And, and technically, you know, that coaching search for the defensive coordinator lasted what two days technically, yeah. but I did check in, um, talk to some people familiar with the process and, you know, my understanding is as soon as the Alabama defensive coordinator job opened up. So as soon as Pete Golding made the move from Alabama to Ole Miss, uh, Miami kind of could read the tea leaves and, and felt like, okay, there's probably a strong likelihood that Kevin Steele is going to be a significant candidate for that Alabama job. And, uh, you know, I, I do think it's fair to say that Alabama was trying to get Jeremy Pruitt approved by the SEC. Um, you know, he's got that pending show cause from his days at Tennessee. I don't think Bama got the approval to the extent that they would have liked to go hire Pruitt. And so they waited as long as they could. And they landed on Kevin Steele. Um, and, and during that whole process, you know, Miami was doing their work behind the scenes and landed on Lance Gidry. So part of that work behind the scenes, we know Mario Cristobal met with Willie Taggart, who coached under um, or who Lance Gidry coached under at Western Kentucky. Also, um, you know, I think. Ed Orgeron is a guy that, um, you know, Mario talks with a lot and he's very high on Lance Guidry with the Louisiana connections. And, uh, you know, I do think Ed Orgeron tried to hire him at LSU, but he could not due to some transgressions with the law. You all can look up, you know, on the Google machine what those things are. Uh, but that's essentially why Lance Guidry has not gotten this big opportunity yet. Um, and so Miami being a private school kind of allows him to get an opportunity that might make it more difficult to get through a background check at a state school, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not here to talk about that, but he is a highly respected coach. Um, everyone I talked to within the industry says he is a home run hire. So um, and, and the results of the Marshall defense this past season bear that out. Um, I think it was what top 10 and 12 different defensive categories. And uh, most of those categories were the most important defensive metrics. So um, I think this is going to, to prove to be a, a good hire. Um, I think it's kind of what Miami needed. Go younger, go with a guy that can communicate well go with a guy that's at a stage of his career that still needs and wants to prove himself as a recruiter. 
The Star Horton Group is a real estate company that covers all of Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Born and raised in Miami, Star is committed to growing his clients' wealth and securing their futures. One of the top realtors in the state, Star knows the ins and outs of the market to make sure his clients get the best possible value when they sell or buy. If you're looking to buy or sell or know someone who is, call or text STAR directly at 561-573-4661. And here's the beauty. When you refer someone to STAR, he will donate $250 to the Miami Hurricanes Athletic Fund in your name upon the closing of the deal. So to have a great real estate experience and help our Canes, call or text STAR today at 561-573-4661. Money can be the root of all evil when you don't understand it. A couple of bad decisions shouldn't continue to affect us years later, and the path to recovery shouldn't be as painful as the regret. Everyone at some point needs help with their financial situation, and Pride Financial can lend that helping hand. Pride Financial offers a patient and judgment-free environment and will provide you with the knowledge and power you need to realize your dreams. Once they identify your goals, they will guide you to the finish line, holding your hand every step of the way. Repairing and building credit is only the first step. They'll educate you on a variety of banking and financial institutions, what resources they offer, and how to maximize funding for your financial needs. Gain access to a vast network of realtors and licensed dealers to receive outstanding deals on prime real estate and the newest vehicles to fit your lifestyle. They even offer education and services to assist those more involved on the business side of things. Text 305-393-7698 or email globalchoice underscore consulting at yahoo.com to book a free consultation with Pride Financial. And let's take pride in our finances. So I think a domino effect of this Gidry hire, and Charlie Strong made it clear as much. Um, I think this. I think there was an expectation internally uh, that Charlie Strong would get a shot at the defensive coordinator job when it opened up. He did not get that shot. Gabby, you you were the one who broke the news. Um, but just what's your take on that situation and, and, you know, I guess just how it played out from your understanding. Yeah. I, I mean, I really think a, a part of it, I think it's been well reported at this point. I mean, I, I do think that Charlie strong was, was definitely frustrated that he didn't get a chance to interview for the defensive coordinator position. Um, you know, he felt like, you know, he, he, he should have had a chance to at least kind of, you know, give his pitch to, you know, get an opportunity. Like you mentioned, David, it seemed like they were kind of going through this process for a while now. Uh, it just seemed like, again, they, they kind of landed on their guy, got their guy, uh, all, all those different types of things. And I think once that happened and the manner in which, you know, maybe, I don't know if Charlie Strong was left in the dark or whatever the case may be, but basically, you know, felt like, you know, he, I think he was, yeah, well, you know, you know, I don't think right. the communication was great. And I Definitely just think not. that's how Mario Cristobal operates right yeah. or wrong. He just, he's going to do what he's going to do. And he doesn't really let a lot of people know what his plans are. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, no. I mean, I think that's, I think that's all absolutely right. And uh, again, I think that was, uh, I think he took a day. So this was uh, what Thursday, 
uh, that it kind of broke. I yeah. think Wednesday he kind of he didn't show up to the facility. I think he was kind of you know weighing his options, just kind of starting to think about like what his next move is going to be if he's going to stay and kind of hang around for all this transition with the possibility that maybe he doesn't return anyways, who knows? Not saying that would have happened, but, and I, I think he just came to the conclusion, I guess, Wednesday night uh, that he was not going to return to the program. Uh, I think he made a phone call to Mario Cristobal that night uh, and told him that he wasn't kind of coming back. And at that point, uh, you know, it kind of became an all hands on deck to kind of, you know, figure out line to help out with linebackers until they, uh, you know, obviously got someone to, they, until they get someone to, to fill that, that void. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, basically, I guess, how things happened. And, uh, you know, good luck to Coach Strong on his his future endeavors. Yeah, and look, didn't get an opportunity, so he's moving on. Um, and, I mean, you know, I think Coach Strong is definitely a coach that knows his stuff, good coach. But I think listeners of this podcast know where I stand in general with my thoughts on that defensive side. Uh, year over year. I do think it needed to get younger. I think it needed to get more energized and just guys that are hungry recruiters. I think that needed to happen. And, you know, again, Coach Steele, Coach Strong are good coaches, very good coaches. Um, But I do think this is an opportunity to reset things um, from a talent acquisition standpoint, primarily. how about this? And then we'll take a break and then we'll go into OC talk. Um, I think it's fair to say, I, I wrote this on the board. I think I wrote this maybe the day before you broke the Charlie Strong thing. But I kind of just put out there, look, guys, I think more departures are likely coming on the staff, you know, both on the field, on field coaches and off field coach, you know, the support staff members. And, you know, look, I think that's the nature of number one coordinator changes. I think that's, that's the nature of, of that happening. I think that's the nature of year two of a head coaching tenure, you know, year one is a, is an opportunity for the head coach to assess what he has inherited and and whether he wants to go in different directions and in different areas. And I think, you know, going five and seven, is also a major factor here. Um, you know, say what you want, but five and seven is not good enough at the University of Miami, of course. And there does need to be some accountability there in terms of um, really assessing which guys might not be pulling their weight um, in the evaluation of the head coach. So um, I kind of put out there more departures likely. I don't want to go into specifics in terms of like predicting which or where the turnover would be. Um, but I, I do think more moves are probably coming, you know, outside of the stuff that's already open right now um, during this month. Would you push back on that, Gabby? No, I definitely wouldn't. I mean, I def- I could definitely see more moves uh, being made again, people, people leaving again. Like you said, it's a two way street too. For Let sure. me say that. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Guys might not be here for the Mario Cristobal era in terms of not wanting to be a part of it. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I think it's important to recognize that Mario Cristobal kept a lot of Manny Diaz people, you know, just kind of behind the scenes people that, you know, didn't leave after that Manny Diaz era. Like there's a lot of support staff 
that was that that has been here over the past few years, you know, dating pre Mario Cristobal too. And again, not saying that those people need to go or those people right. are the problem. That's but up I to do, the head coach, you know. Right. I, I do think that this is a I do think that this is an opportunity for Mario Cristobal to kind of just kind of reevaluate the program now that you know it's more of his. It's more he has maybe not. I'm not going to say more control of it, but I do think that uh you know he has an opportunity to obviously you know shake things up I'll, again like you mentioned i think there's people that might just go like there's just right. people that that, that, that there's people that could just leave on their own charlie strong left on his own he was not right. fired Steel, i mean i technically yeah, left on yeah his kevin Steele so. technically left on his own frank ponce technically left on his own um you know i could see a situation where other guys are you know looking for jobs or you know doing doing things like that trying to find a way to kind of you know get out of here again you had a new defensive coordinator in place i mean there's a chance that you know, he wants to bring in his own people. Uh, Mario Cristobal obviously has the final say and uh, and all those types of things. And again, I'm not suge- suggesting anyone in particular is leaving. But, you know, I do think that uh, there are definitely people doing their due diligence right now just to, you know, you know, kind of keep themselves, you know, <laughs> in the right spot and, and all those different types of things. So, yeah, that's, uh, I guess, the most we'll say, I, at least I'll say about that. All right, let's take a break and then we will dive into some offensive coordinator candidate talk another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back. Gabby, uh, I posted on InsideTheU.com message board today, kind of a VIP note, just putting out there uh, what I know in terms of the candidates that have interviewed and also just the buzz I'm hearing on some some guys that you know we already know about. Um, and I, I also recognize, let me say this on the front end, like, I am more than willing to admit I don't know everything. I'm sure there's a couple guys that um, I don't know about that Miami is interested in. And I will say this. There's a couple names that I have been asked to not put out there. Um, So these aren't all the names. I recognize that. um, But I wanted to share what I could. And let's talk about it here now. And, you know, let's start, let's talk about who I think it's, it's clear is the number one candidate still, and that's Jason Candle. And fortunately, we can't extinguish this candle um, at this point, because, you know, look, I, I think it, if me personally, if I'm reading the tea leaves, I think he's probably going to stay at Toledo, but there is a belief inside the program that Miami still has a little bit of life there. And, you know, I, 
look, Jason Candle technically has not come out and said, hey, I'm returning to Toledo. I think that's important to note. Um, and I do think it's important to note that Miami has not made an offensive coordinator hire. And so I think until those two things happen, Candle's still alive, technically, barely. I think it's alive. Is it likely? That's another conversation. Um, so I think there is kind of like, I think Jason Candle has gone back and forth on whether or not he wants to do the Miami thing or stay at Toledo over the last 10 days. Um, and I still think there's an element of that happening. Um, but personally, I'm skeptical that he ends up being the guy. But I do recognize he's probably the number one target. Uh, Doug Nussmeyer. Uh, he's a guy that kind of emerged about a week ago. Um, and I will, all I'll say on that is, you know, I do think he's still a candidate to know. Um, but I do think it's also fair to say the buzz there is dying down some. So name to know, but I don't think it's as likely as it seemed maybe a week ago. Um, a guy I know that interviewed Tuesday, Clemson offensive coordinator, Brandon Streeter. Um, and, you know, I think that name kind of hit Miami fans in a, in a weird way. And I get it. You know, why would you interview the guy that Dabo Sweeney basically brought up in this business and then had to fire um, after an average season uh, on offense for the, for the Clemson Tigers. But I do think there's some things to point out. Uh, you know, keep in mind how Miami played Clemson and Clemson's offense whipped Miami last year. Uh, 40 points were scored in that game by Clemson. 240 yards passing, over 200 rushing. So it was a balanced attack. They converted 14 of 19 third down opportunities. Uh, Miami's defense in that game did a decent job of limiting explosives. I don't know if Clemson even had an explosive touchdown in that game, uh, but Clemson still toyed with that Miami defense in that game, did whatever they wanted. It was just a different kind of ball control type of dominance. Um, and, you know, even though the next Monday after that game, we had to hear from the defensive coordinator that Miami played an elite stretch of defense for 10 minutes at the end of the third <laughs> quarter and the beginning. Anyways, uh, man, I'm really triggered by Kevin Steele. I, I, I love, I love when you get to your shady phases where you're just like, I, where you, I, it's like, you're bothered by certain things that I just, I, I love it when I really I love when it comes out. I like Kevin Steele. It's just some of the things trigger me about him. I don't know why. Um, anyways, I got off course there. Um, and and I'll, I'll point this out too, and I'll let you talk about Streeter, Nussmeyer, Candle, whatever you want to talk about there, Gabby. But um, I do think it's important to keep in mind as well that these interviews are also an opportunity to kind of go behind enemy lines. Um you know, I do think it's an opportunity maybe for Mario Cristobal to pick the brain of a guy that came up in that Clemson program and Clemson is the top dog in the ACC and kind of understand how they operate, how they do things. Um, and so I wouldn't necessarily discount that factor in 
these interviews. Um, and look, no, the fact that Streeter interviewed makes him a, a viable candidate, definitely. Um, but I also do think these interviews are an opportunity to learn about other offenses and other programs. Gabby, you want to say anything about those three? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm going to, I'll touch on Streeter really quick. And again, like when I first, I mean, when we first came across the name, David, I mean, again, I was like, my initial reaction was kind of like, ill no. Uh, but then like, you kind of dive deeper and it's just like, okay. I mean, like, I mean, I think he could be, you know, uh, again, an option. I'm not saying he's the guy I'm saying, you know, as an option for all the reasons you said, David, it, it makes sense. And, you know, I, I'm just here looking at his, uh, his recruiting profile uh, here on, on our 24 seven sports. And uh, you know, you, you I mean, <laughs> Pretty impressive. So Brandon Streeter, the primary recruiter for Trevor Lawrence, primary recruiter for Kate Klubnik, primary recruiter for DJ Uyunglele, primary recruiter for Hunter Johnson, who was a five-star quarterback coming out of high school, primary recruiter for Christopher Vizina, who was a top two, a top hundred talent in the in the 2023 recruiting cycle. Uh, primary recruiter for Bubba Chandler, who was a, a four-star quarterback who and who d- made the decision to go play baseball. Primary recruiter for Davis Allen, who was an all-ACC tight end. A secondary recruiter for Miles Murphy, who is an absolute freak show. So, you know, again, I know that Clemson is obviously the recruiting machine and they're able to do all that stuff. But look, I mean, again, David, I mean, we've talked about needing to land an elite 2024 quarterback. And uh, I, I don't know if there's anyone that has an, an as impressive resume of landing big time arms, uh, you know, again, from a recruiting standpoint, than, than Brandon Streeter. So uh, just wanted to kind of just throw that out there and just the, you know, hey, Brandon Streeter, I, I, we know Brandon Streeter can recruit quarterbacks. He's been the primary uh, recruiter for three top 10 quarterbacks. Uh, you know, top 10 overall players and three number one ranked quarterbacks and, you know, a couple, and then Hunter Johnson was the number two quarterback in the country. So uh, he can recruit, he can build relationships. And I think that that's something important to obviously you got to be able to develop. And obviously it's notable that he came up with Dabble. So how long was, was he with Dabble for, for like what, 15 years? And then Dabble yeah. Sweeney kind of cut bait after one year as the offensive coordinator. Um, yeah, I mean, that's obviously something to look into, but that's just, you know, a, an angle that I wanted to throw on the Brandon Streeter thing. Um, Jason Candle. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just, uh, I I mean, I do think, let me say this with the candle. I do think it's alive. I'm kind of, I'm putting my own spin on it with my own skepticism. Um, but could he end up being the guy? I do think that's on the table. Um, so but I'm just, I guess I shouldn't do this, but I'm tired of the flip-flopping with him. And so I have a hard time seeing it, but go that's, ahead. That, no, that's kind of where I was going. It's just kind of like, we. I feel like this is year two of the same situation, but I do feel like in that, and just kind of, you know, again, credit to like, you know, just to what you're saying, like last year we got a report from a local Toledo maybe newspaper person. I'm not sure exactly who it was. I wish I can credit them for that. Um, that, you know, J- Jason Candle staying at Toledo to be the head coach. I do think it's important that that hasn't come out yet because I, I think that it's, you know, I think this is a situation that would call for something like that. I think that there would Absolutely. have to be another, especially I think he's been That's tied to move. like the Notre Dame job too. It, yeah. I don't think you can, I, again, I mean, maybe it works this way, but I don't know if we're just going to go into spring football and Jason Candle's just going to, you know, I think there's going to be some sort of just. No, you have like, to address it. Right. So yeah. I, I do think it's important that that hasn't been done yet. And again, maybe it's the flip-flopping that's just kind of like, oh man, okay, just like, are, are you in or are you out? Like, this is year two. You've had like 365 days. Let to me say this. this again. I don't think Mario's turned off by the flip-flopping. 
at all. He doesn't care. You know, I feel like, like this is his alley. Yeah, yeah, this is his. This is his. This is his. Uh, this is his sweet spot. This is right. you go back to the recruiting. Like this is like he loves this. Like he. he it's like he's chasing like a recruit or anything like yeah. that. Like it's he, just it's like, from a coverage standpoint. It's yeah. this is a it's a tough deal to cover because yeah, the guys in, the guys out, the guys in, the guys out. Um, so, anyways, I I think it's possible. It's just, it's been a lot of flip-flopping. So I'm skeptical, but I do think that's on the table. I think he would be the number one option. If Jason Candle said today on Friday, I'm in, he'd be the guy. Yeah, agreed. Attention business owners. I'm going to say three words you've probably heard of by now. Employee retention credit. If you're a business owner with W-2 employees and you haven't explored this program, you need to schedule a call with our friends at Foreman Law Offices, ASAP. The employee retention credit can put thousands of dollars back into the hands of business owners. However, the rules are complex and have changed many times since the inception of the program. You need to have a qualified law firm with experience in the ERC. Evaluate this for your business. You won't owe them a dime until you get paid. All you have to do is go to erclawyers.com and fill out the short questionnaire to schedule a call with their team. Two minutes may be worth thousands of dollars for your business. Get it done today. ERCLawyers.com. Tell them TTS sent you for Through the Smoke. This episode is also brought to you by Midway Sports, your one-stop shop for all of your sporting good needs, located just two miles south of the University of Miami. This locally owned small business has everything you would need to gear up for every sport. Their stocked up men's, women's, and kids' selections has you and your family covered for all of your outdoor needs. Use promo code SMOKE15 for 15% off your online order at MidwaySports.com. Are you a business owner or manager in need of seasonal or temporary staff? Let the folks at LT Pro Enterprises assist. The folks at LT Pro Enterprises can help you find laborers, for your business in the state of Florida with an expanding footprint to other states as well. Reach out to Lionel Torres at torreslionel1, the number one, at gmail.com. LT Pro Enterprises, your source for all of your staffing and labor needs. Nuss Meyer, your guy. Uh, yeah, I don't Nuss really, we trust. No, you I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really got anything on Nuss. Okay. I mean, that is your guy. I figured. What? <laughs> uh, James Coley is another guy that interviewed this week. He interviewed Thursday. Um, so what I heard there is, and this shouldn't be surprising for anyone who knows Coach Coley, is a very good interview. Um, and, you know, he has good chemistry with Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal. They've known each other forever. They co coached with each other at FIU. I do think that chemistry and that relationship matters. Um, and, you know, I, I think it is worth also noting he did interview for OC. Um, now, I do think he's a guy that could end up being a co-OC position coach somewhere on the staff. I think he would be open to that as well. Uh, but he did interview for straight up OC. And I do think he impressed in that interview. 
Um, and, you know, we've talked about how James Coley would be a good addition to the staff because of his recruiting prowess. Uh, you know, Miami needs to significantly upgrade the talent on both sides of the ball. He would help in that regard, particularly at the local level, South Florida level. Uh, and, I, and I'll say this too. I do think adding a guy like James Coley would be good from the standpoint of it would be another voice in the building that Mario could bounce ideas off of or, or could help guide Mario on big decisions. I think there's a factor with Mario where if you don't know Coach Cristobal, he's an intimidating guy. And I think, you know, some coaches um, might find it hard to uh, give dissenting opinions or views, et cetera. James Coley would not be afraid to do that. And I think there is a lot of value in that. Um, also, James Coley, just a, a good vibes guy. You know, we've talked about how Josh Gaddis, that was an issue with him, uh, both with the staff on the field and off the field and with the players. Um, you won't find really many people at all, anyone that uh, doesn't like James Coley. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on staff in some capacity. What is that capacity? I can't predict. Um, but I do think, I do think Miami would love to get him on staff in some way. I think James Cool. I, I think it's big that he interviewed. Um, I don't know. If, I mean, I don't know if I can say this, but I mean, I think it's big that he interviewed like on campus, like he was at the school, like mm -hmm. around the facility and all that stuff. Like you know, it wasn't just like a Zoom interview. I think it was an opportunity to kind of see what the program looks like today you know in 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 2023 uh, it's not what it used to be or what it was you know during his last stint uh you know in the area and obviously I'll say this, with South Florida with that so the facility is better of course um but the personnel he would inherit let's say he is the OC the personnel that he inherited the first time to me is significantly better than what he would potentially hire as the OC this time or whoever the OC is. So there is that, but yeah, I mean, in terms of, you know, the new football facility coming, the indoor practice, it is a different place, but go yeah. ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just saying like, cause I mean, he's coming, I mean, he's at a place like Texas A&M where you have every resource available to you. And I think the fact that you can show him like, look, this is what we kind of got going on here. And he can kind of understand the landscape too. Not that that really matters. I think bottom line is, you know, it's like, you know, am I going to, is you're going to get him an OC title or whatever the case may be. But I mean, I love the idea that that's something that they're just exploring again, like me that I'm just like recruiting minded. I would absolutely, you know, almost like, you know, borderline salivate at the idea of James Cooley on this staff, just because of the, what that I think opens the doors to in whatever capacity that is, whether that be as a co-offensive coordinator, which would be my personal favorite combination, David, I think we'll, we can talk about that. You know, we'll talk about that later when we kind of get there. Um, but I think as a co-coordinator, you know, maybe wide receivers coach or whatever, whatever the case may be, I think you find a way to get James Cooley on staff in some, in some capacity. And uh, you know, I, uh, is he the perfect like OC candidate? I, I mean, I don't know, maybe not, but I think what he can do in terms of the talent acquisition and leveling up the overall roster, uh, I think, uh, you know, I think that's something you have to really, really consider just based on where this program is at right now. If this was a machine already and this was recruiting itself, you know, maybe we ha we're having a different conversation, but, uh, you know, James Cooley's definitely someone who could 
be a, a major part of the process of, of upgrading the roster. And I think that, again, that matters. And then another name that uh, is interviewing this weekend uh, is Shannon Dawson from Houston. He is an interesting name because, of course, Houston uh, is coached by Dana Holgerson, who runs the Air Raid. And, you know, when this name was first passed to me, I kind of honestly dismissed it uh, just because, you know, I don't think Coach Cristobal has any interest in running an air raid. Um, you know, Shannon Dawson comes from the air raid coaching tree of both Hal Mummy and Dana Holgerson. Uh, but after doing some more learning about Coach Dawson, he is a guy that believes in a balanced attack, controlling the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, this year, the Houston quarterback Clayton Toon threw for over 4,000 yards with 40 touchdowns, 67% uh, completion percentage, uh, completion rate. Um, so obviously, they throw the ball around a ton at Houston. Uh, but he's also been the offensive coordinator at Southern Miss. And there, uh, they did run a balanced attack. He had it. So he was there for three years. Two of those years, he featured a running back by the name of Ito Smith. Uh, and, and in two of those three seasons, uh, Ito Smith ran for more than 1,400 yards in each of those seasons. I think Ito Smith played in the league for a little bit. Did he? Okay. I'm so. unfamiliar. Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar from fantasy. He did. Um, he did coach Nick Mullins at Southern Miss as well for one year, who, you know, was like a backup quarterback that played a little bit for the Niners, right? When they had some maybe injury situations at quarterback. So, um, he, I think he does. And then he also coached for one year at Kentucky. Didn't get results there. I think he was, you know, they moved on after one year at Kentucky. But you look at the stats, and you know. It was definitely a balanced attack. Did he have the a great personnel group to work with at Kentucky? I didn't really recognize any of the names, um, but he did run a balanced attack uh, nonetheless. When he's been away from Coach Holgerson, he's run kind of a balanced offense. Um, and then, of course, he did coach at West Virginia with Coach Holgerson, and there they did have talent and got results. Geno right. Smith, Taven Austin. Stedman Bailey, Charles Sims, some of the skill guys that thrived in that offense when Coach Dawson was there. Was so, that the Noel Devine era or is this post-Noel Devine? I think it's post. Um, not by much, but well, it, it might be by much. It's it's definitely after the Noel Devine era. But it was, I think it was, so didn't West Virginia like hang like 70 points oh, on Clemson? I was at that game at the Orange Bowl. Okay, I think that's this era, right? So, yeah. uh, and that got Kevin Steele fired, honestly, from Clemson. Uh, again, I'm triggered. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Gabby, when when this name kind of hit your phone, what was your reaction? Yeah, I, I mean, I think similar to, uh, not, I don't know about similar and like dismissing, but I was just kind of like, okay, like, you know, at, after a quick Google search, it was just like, I think that this is maybe a positive development in the, in the offensive coordinator search and just just because stylistically 
again, at, at first glance with like, you know, the air raid tree and all that stuff. And kind of like, again, where he comes from, it's not what Mario Cristobal really typically does on offense. And again, I, I think as we pu- peeled back the onion a little bit and we saw that, you know, he does, you know, maybe he can run a more balanced attack and we saw the running, the, the rushing stats and, and all those things from his time at Southern Miss. I think you can see why, uh, you know, they feel like maybe he can peel it back a little bit and maybe not run like that full straight up air raid. Um, but again, I mean, I was just kind of like, you know, I think again, it's good that I think that he's willing to maybe, you know, explore different options and not make it be like, you have to run this exactly or whatever it is. So I think, uh, you know, I think Shannon Dawson in a lot of ways is exciting because I do think he's capable of, of, you know, providing maybe some more of those types of looks uh, and maybe just kind of like pushing the envelope, you know, maybe just a little bit more of a more like, I I don't want to call it a modern offense, but maybe more just like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's even going to be tempo. I don't think we're going to see much of that, but just an offense that, that, you know, maybe just kind of, you know, airs it out a little bit more can just, right. I don't know. I think that it, it, again, stylistically, I think it's just maybe just slightly different than what he's typically, you know, accustomed to doing. So I do think that it's a, it's good that he's uh, willing to have these conversations with someone that comes from that background, that tree. And I think that would be fun. Cause again, I think yes. a lot of people are kind of clamoring for that Rhett Lashley offense. I don't think we're going to get that. But I think if we can get some el- certain elements of it, I think that would be, you know, I, I think that'd be exciting enough with the, you know, the athletes that obviously Miami can attract. It would be an intriguing offense. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to surround a guy like, of course, with dog recruiters to get them the players to uh, incorporate in that offense. But yeah, I mean, look, I don't think it would be a straight up air raid if he was the guy that's hired. Uh, but like you said, there could be some air rate element and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, uh, kind of trying to find ways that can marry an air raid with, you know, some sort of power run game. Um, and if, if Shannon Dawson can show them how he could do that, uh, in the interview process, he might end up being the guy. And, uh, so yeah. And, And let me say this too. Um, there's two names in particular that I just can't get either any information, which might be a sign or concrete information on. Um, and that's Marcus Arroyo, who was Cristobal's OC at Oregon, moved on to be the UNLV head coach. Uh, he was fired after this 2022 season. I can't get any information on whether or not there's any interest there on either side, but he's certainly a name that I kind of always have an eye on. Um, and then another guy is T Martin, uh, who I get conflicting reports on whether or not he would be interested in this type of job or not. T Martin currently, uh, Ravens wide receivers coach. They of course are making a change at offensive coordinators. So he might have to land, find a new landing spot, but he has been an OC at USC, Kentucky, I believe, Tennessee. Um, and he's also been an excellent recruiter when he's in college. Of course, his son is on the Miami baseball team, UM baseball team. And uh, I do think T. Martin would like to live in South Florida. Does he want to work in college? Does he want to work for a demanding guy like Mario Cristobal? I think those are questions that would need to be answered there. Um, So Gabby, let's just, if these are the names that we kind of know, 
is there anything that excites you? We're not like trying to predict like, okay, this is, this is who we think it'll be, but what, what would excite you? Yeah, I think on it, I mean, just kind of here, what is it Friday morning? I mean, I do think a co-OC situation with like James Coley and the wide receivers and Shannon Dawson, you know, just co-coordinators Dawson with the quarterbacks, Coley with the, with the wideouts. I I mean, to me, again, I think that would be a really fun combo in terms of just like the, the mind, the minds that kind of at play in the offense. I do think it's important that they would have to speak in the, you know, obviously speak the same language and all that type of stuff. But uh, you know, again, Coley dog recruiter, um, I like Shannon Dawson because I'm kind of for the the backgrounds, all the different things that he's kind of been yeah. involved with. Uh, you know, obviously, he, you know, he coached Geno Smith. Um, Geno Smith's cousin is Jeremiah Smith, who's the number one wide receiver in the country in the 2024 class. And I'm not saying that's the reason why, but I do think that, you know, connections matter. And of course, Jeremiah Smith committed to Ohio State, not saying Miami's definitely going to pull him off of that. But I, again, I do think that these are certain things that matter where, uh, right. you know, I bet the the Smith family, you know, has a lot of respect for Shannon Dawson and all that type of stuff. And again, I, I do think that, you know, those two uh, would, would present a fun offense, you know, stylistically and, and, you know, again, what they could bring to the table. And again, I think you get Cooley's recruiting stuff. I think you get Shannon Dawson's kind of mind and how, you know, he can make little tweaks. And again, like you said, David, those air raid concepts, those maybe minor air raid concepts to this offense. Um, and I think that that could be a lot of fun. You know, I think that that could be something that, you know, would be exciting to watch. And again, with the people, as long as they continue to kind of upgrade the personnel, and all those types of things, uh, you know, I think that's an offense that could, that could potentially work here at Miami. I think it's kind of like, you know, traditional Miami, co- you know, athletes and, you know, the speed and finesse meets Mario Cristobal's speed power space, spread. Bro. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the power, you know, spread that Mario Cristobal wants to, wants to run with those big offensive linemen and how physical he wants them to be at the line of scrimmage. So I think it could be an interesting blend of, of, you know, all those different styles and see how, see where you kind of come out on the other end with. So not Nussmeyer? No, definitely not Nussmeyer. Um, yeah, I mean, Jason Candle, of course, I think yeah. it's, you got to recognize him as the number one guy. So I think that would be exciting. I like your combo. I also wouldn't be against the T. Martin-James Coley combo. Yeah. I think that could be interesting as well. So, um, you know, and, and again, I'm sure there's names. I know there's names that I'm not allowed to put out. Uh, but beyond that, I'm sure there's names that I don't know about uh, that Mario Cristobal will explore. I'll say, like, the name I do know that I'm not allowed to put out is just kind of a random name Super that random. no one would guess and, you know, um, wouldn't be all that exciting. But it just shows how Mario Cristobal explores yeah, how thorough the process every is. Option. I think that was my reaction. It's like how thorough the process really is and like how deep he'll kind of go to find guys. So, yeah. So now we wait. Um, You know, I hate putting timelines out there, but I would not be surprised if Monday, Tuesday, we kind of learn where things land. Unless Jason Candle says, I'm in. Let's do this. Um, Then it could be a lot sooner. Um, But anyways, appreciate everyone for listening. Hopefully you guys found this insightful. And uh, we will wait for good news, hopefully. Till next time, take care.